matter who you are, if you're affiliated with West Virginia football or care about the Mountaineers, you needed this. Doesn't matter if you're the head coach, a player, or a fan. That 65-7 victory over Towson Saturday is exactly what the doctor ordered for this squad. And now the Mountaineers are 1-2. and two. They finally are in the win column in 2022. And they'll head after a short week to Virginia Tech to try to defend the Black Diamond Trophy. Nick Farrell here alongside Ryan Decker on the Golden Blue Nation podcast. We'll try to break this down for you and give us, give you our rapid reactions to West Virginia's big win over the visiting Tigers. We're brought to you as always by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawFirm.com. So Deck standing here outside the end zone at Milan Pushkar Stadium yep. trying to recap this one quickly. West Virginia's offense, we knew it has a lot of firepower really put that on display today against Towson. This game was out of hand very, very quickly, despite yeah. the fact that Towson returned its first kickoff for a touchdown to tie the score at seven early on. I mean, this one was really never in doubt. It's what you expect when you play an FCS opponent. And it was good to see not just JT Daniels and the offense click in the first half, but for some other guys, whether it's at quarterback or elsewhere, right. to get a lot of reps today. Yeah, this game, the way it kind of played out, I think is exactly what most fans expected and wanted to have happen last weekend against Kansas. It mm -hmm. ended up happening this week against Towson. A big victory, as you said. The offense, really, really good. It looked very good to, uh, this afternoon. Over 600 yards of offense, the Mountaineers put up nine total touchdowns, six on the ground, three through the air from three different quarterbacks. I know we're going to get into that here in a minute, but really, this ground game, which was my point of emphasis kind of coming into this game, get the ground game going. That's exactly what West Virginia did against the Towson team that was probably average you know, defending against the run coming in. And West Virginia showed that it's, you know, kind of big boy football versus a team that doesn't play this type of physicality maybe uh, necessarily week in and week out. That, that was the difference in this one. Absolutely, Deck. If you watch Mountaineer game day, you saw our advantage of the game segment this morning. I think all of us were right. And I guess that's bound Pretty to happen much, yeah. when, when West Virginia dominates a team the way that it did to Towson. You said got to run the ball well. Well, West Virginia had five rushing touchdowns between Tony Mathis, who had two, and C.J. Donaldson, who had three. And Garrett Green. And then Garrett Green yeah. had a rushing score. But really, from those two running backs who are going to be the feature backs for West Virginia this year, both of them rushed for the century mark plus. Both of them had multiple touchdowns. So that's good to see. And at this point, has become expected for Donaldson, who has just been absolutely tearing it up. Mine was a reference to Mortal Kombat, finish them. Yes. And that's what happened by, well, halftime, yeah, really by the end of the first quarter, this game was just about done and dusted. It was just right. a matter of how many points West Virginia was going to score. You mentioned the quarterbacks. All four of the main guys got reps today. I think the quarter, the who is the backup quarterback question has well been answered now. Garrett Green was the guy who came on first in relief of JT Daniels. Other than that, though, Ryan, any takeaways from what you saw from those signal callers behind JT? It really, I think it validated what Neil Brown has said at times this year. The position group is in a good place moving mm -hmm. forward. Whenever JT yep. Daniels' career at WVU is over, this position group is in a good place for the future. Nico Markiel, he was pretty good in his uh, short time out on the field. Only two for four passing, but 32 yards and a touchdown. A nice grab by Preston Fox in the end zone. And then Will Crowder, six for six, 57 yards coming off the bench. A touchdown as well. I mean, really, all, all four quarterbacks played really well. Garrett Green did a pretty good job, I thought, running the offense when he got in, especially in that really it was about a minute and 15 second drill that he ran towards the end of the first half and ended up uh, resulting in a touchdown. Boy, that, that reception by Preston Fox was a terrific one. Yeah, it was. Right, literally right where we're standing right now. Got his foot down inbounds for the catch. That's Markiel's first touchdown pass 
as a West Virginia quarterback. Thought he made good decisions. Yeah, he was only mm-hmm. two for four and only went for one drive, but as Coach Brown alluded to after the game, didn't have any negative plays really. Got rid of the ball when he needed to on a couple of situations, threw one out of bounds instead of trying to force a pass. Yep. And the thing that we've heard from Coach Brown throughout the year as, and as recently as last Tuesday was that Nico is really growing and really progressing right. and, and has made a lot of growth since he joined the team back in the spring. So as Coach Brown said earlier today, he feels good about the position group at quarterback, not just for this season, but for the future. I think you know really the takeaway for me is JT Daniels, yeah, he comes in and, and basically supplants all of the guys who are he becomes sure. a starting quarterback, right. just transfers in. He's been terrific this season. We didn't really need to see anything from him today to know that. Uh, but I think it's great for Garrett, Will, and maybe especially Nico to get to learn from him for a year, maybe two, depending on what happens with his NFL draft prospects. Sure. You at least get this year. And, yeah, I know that all three of those guys want to play, right? I get it. But Daniels has clearly proven himself as an effective quarterback, a great passer, and a really talented leader as mm-hmm. well. And so I think that bodes well for the future of the program when you look at the bigger picture beyond this season. And the biggest word we kept hearing post-game today from Neil Brown and a couple of players as well is confidence. The confidence and the leadership that he exudes, JT Daniels, it's going to the rest of the offense. You're seeing Bryce Ford Wheaton, Caden Prather mm-hmm. especially today, make plays that maybe they hadn't made in previous seasons. And now you're seeing that translate into the running back room as well, where you've got Tony Mathis and C.J. Donaldson being confident running the football. But it's especially there in that quarterback room, you could tell there really wasn't much of a drop-off in terms of command of the offense when Garrett came in, when Will Crowder came in, when Nico came in. I mean, it really didn't feel like much change, like it sometimes feels when you go from your starter to the backup to the third and fourth string. It didn't feel very different. By the way, you mentioned Caden Prather. He scored the opening touchdown for West Virginia. I believe that's his first touchdown as a Mountaineer. He yes. is in his second season with the program. Okay, so let's flip it to the other side of the ball. 65 points for West Virginia. Very, very good, and a lot of people got involved and should be feeling good after this one. The defense didn't allow a point. The seven points came on a kickoff return. First time Towson touched the ball, goes to the house. After that, the defense did effectively pitch a shutout. There have been a lot of questions asked about that defense through the first two games, specifically the secondary. And I guess my thought now, Deck, my question for you is, did we learn anything about that unit today? We learned there's some depth there. I thought the secondary okay. played pretty well, given the, that, once again, Charles Woods wasn't there. You saw some younger players, Jacoby Spells, Mumu Ben-Wahad step up. And really, there wasn't that big chunk play that West Virginia has been susceptible to at times. So I think that was a good thing to know. And then, again, granted, it's the... It's the the quality of opponent, I guess, is the, is the best way to say it. So it, maybe it's, it's tough to really gauge, but... There was some depth there today. You saw Caden Beiser, who, by the way, led the team in tackles today. Mm. He came up with a, a, a fumble recovery. Right. You saw some other guys get in there that we haven't seen a lot, and Neil Brown talked about that after the game. That's what these games are kind of designed for for the host team. But the, those younger guys, those depth pieces for maybe this year or in the future, they, they did show that there's some talent there. Good crop of local kids really getting involved yeah. today, and you always love to see that. Uh, I think that West Virginia did a really solid job of containing – Tyrell Pigram, Towson's starting quarterback. Uh, West Virginia seemed to struggle last week against a mobile quarterback in Jalen Daniels, although it wasn't just Daniels' ability. It was all of the misdirection that Kansas threw at West Virginia that seemed to to really hurt the Mountaineers. Uh, 
you know, I, I think that West Virginia did a much better job today, but against an offensive line that is not going to be pr- probably going to be the worst, let's say, offensive line that West Virginia is going to face sure. the rest of the way. With all due respect to Towson, just simply not a Big 12 or Power 5 offensive line there. Right. Uh, but one more note that I do want to mention, speaking of containing the quarterback, is that Dante Stills did get in for a tackle for loss. believe mm-hmm. it was a sack late in the first half. So that now puts him one tackle for loss away from tying the program record. He has 46 and a half TFLs. Grant Wiley has 47 and a half. So he's right there on the doorstep of history and probably is going to tie that record next week at Virginia Tech. That's definitely the hope anyways, and not to look too far ahead to that Virginia Tech game, but if West Virginia, you you would think, wants to stand any chance to come out of that ball game with a victory, Dante Stills is Mm going to have to be in the backfield. But just a quick note on Towson, just 180 total yards in this game 82 on the ground I mean West Virginia certainly won that running battle but uh decently talented quarterback that WVU faced and held the that passing attack pretty much in check for most of this game a lot of those rushing yards too came after halftime I think it ha- at the break Towson had negative three rushing yards mm. so all that comes in you know when the subs get in for WVU so those are our thoughts on West Virginia's big big 65-7 victory over Towson Mountaineers improved to one and two they'll hope to go to two and two next week when they head to Virginia Tech to battle for the Black Diamond Trophy at Lane Stadium. We're going to take a quick break here on the Golden Blue Nation podcast. When we come back, we'll give you Coach Brown's thoughts from his postgame press conference after a quick word from our sponsor. Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Unexpected hurdle? Pritt and Spano. Unseen circumstance? Pritt and Spano. Personal injury, criminal law, flash wills, family law. You need a firm that will be with you through it all. Pritt and Spano. Their passionate team will employ their resources and unique perspectives to deliver the most effective representation. When you find yourself in need, turn to those who will fight for you. Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Find them at yourwvlawfirm.com. Golden Blue Nation podcast continues. Let's hear now from head coach Neil Brown following West Virginia's 65-7 victory over Towson at Milan Pushkar Stadium. Uh, fun day. I uh, appreciate everyone for being here. Uh, great weather. Fans showed up. Really, really appreciative of uh, – had a good turnout at the at the man trip and cr- crowd filled in, students filled in. So, uh, appreciate everyone coming out and, and supporting the guys. Um, these these types of games are important. And I know sometimes you'll ask, like, why, why play these types of games? And for the morale of your football team, they're really important. You know, we were able to sub about, you know, probably three quarters the way through the second quarter. And we we're able to play a lot of guys. And there's probably some guys that showed up, you know, in that third and fourth quarter and put stuff on film that 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 may warrant more playing time, you know, especially on special teams. We subbed a lot on special teams. Um, and just in general, there's a lot of there's a lot of time and effort put into some guys that maybe aren't marquee names that are developmental type guys or, or maybe they're they're young guys in your program or maybe they're walk-on guys that are kind of the glue and for them to get the opportunity to play and, and play on that field in front in front of a crowd that's that's hugely important and I think sometimes that gets overlooked but these are type of games that that really help that um, and so you know Real quick, phase-wise, because uh, when we – I don't even know what day we're doing our press conference this week, but we won't talk about this game uh, in that. So, I'll kind of wrap it up. When is it? Monday? Monday, he said. Okay. So, uh, defensively, um, good bounce-back game. You know, we really uh, pushed them this week in, in practice. Uh, we practiced physical on that side of the ball. Um you know, we really uh, stressed running to the football. I thought we're, we're going to have to be a group that leans on our front six. And we're going to be as good as, as, as they allow us to be. 
and they they played um, more up to the level. I'm not saying we're we've arrived by any means, but they played more to the level that we're expecting. Um, I don't know what that is, but um, but more to the level we expect and how we played against Pitt with the same determination, the same grit, resiliency, all those type of things. So um, did a nice job there. Got a takeaway, which is something that we needed to do. Um, offensively, zero turnovers is the main thing that we were looking for. Um, we, we've got a chance offensively. You know, we've stacked three games in a row where – We've done some really positive things. Ran the ball well again today. That was we wanted to establish that early, and then um, we had a plan quarterback wise, and really, really pleased that we could get all four of those guys into the game. Um, been working with Nico a lot in our developmental stuff, so he's got a ton of reps um, in the last really three weeks uh, since since we've opened the season. So, and then special teams really disappointed in our kickoff. That was the one negative. They these guys do a really good job, Towson. And uh, Rob's been there for a number of years now, but throughout his whole tenure, they've done a nice job on kickoff return. And number zero is hard to tackle. And he, he's done a really good job on kickoff return in years past. They hadn't used him up to this point. And we worked um, kickoff more than any special teams unit uh, all, all week. And very disappointed because that's been a bright spot. We've done a really good job the first two games on our kickoff unit, and that was not very good. Uh, we rebound, rebounded and did better, but that was disappointing. And so, um, but good win. Uh, obviously, short turnaround on this. Uh, stress that in the locker room. Um, we've got a trophy game on Thursday night, and it's an opportunity for us to get back even. And so, it's going to be as big a game as we've had. So those are some of Coach Brown's postgame thoughts following the victory over the Towson Tigers. If you want to hear more from Coach Brown or some of his players like Tony Mathis and C.J. Donaldson, you can do so when you go to our website, goldenbluenation.com, or check it out on the free Golden Blue Nation app. So next up for West Virginia, short week, trip to Virginia Tech on Thursday. The team will hold its weekly media session coming up on Monday, and we'll, of course, cover that all for you at goldenbluenation.com and on the free Golden Blue Nation app. Deck, I imagine you are already looking forward to getting to experience that great atmosphere yes. at Lane Stadium coming up on Thursday night. It's a 7.30 kick on ESPN, and it is going to be a battle. Uh, I guess when you look ahead at that matchup early on, it has already become clear, and Coach Brown even alluded to this in his press conference, this very well could be one of the biggest games remaining for West Virginia. Right. Got to get a victory on the road against the Hokies in a really tough environment. It feels kind of the same way as going into the pit game to start the year where you've got that rivalry that's come back. Of course, they played the game last year here, but you've got that rivalry that's kind of being renewed a little bit, a new era of WVU being in the Big 12 Conference. But now this time, it's at Virginia Tech's place. You're going to have Lane Stadium rocking with Inter Sandman when you come in. And Virginia Tech is coming off of a win today on Saturday, 27-7 to over a winless Wofford team. And uh, going to be a lot of West Virginia natives and, and West Virginia contributors, I guess you could say, in that game with Grant Wells, a former Marshall quarterback. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, what being a great the quarterback connection. at Virginia Tech. So more than I think just rivalry pride is going to be on the line, there's some state pride in there mm -hmm. as well. Very good point, Deck. And so West, or sorry, Virginia Tech lost to Old Dominion, but since then has followed that up with back-to-back -back victories. Also, mm -hmm. that win over Boston College in between. So Hokies will be two and one. West Virginia will be one and two when these teams meet to battle for the Black Diamond Trophy. Of course, West Virginia won and knocked off a nationally ranked Virginia Tech squad one year ago in the renewal of that Black Diamond rivalry. So before that game begins on Thursday night, join us for Mountaineer Game Day from four to six as we get you ready for all the action with live reporting from Ryan and our very own Angelica Trenone live from Blacksburg. 
We'll also be live. We'll be live from 4 to 5 on our local Nexstar stations and 5 to 6 on AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh. You can check our website, goldenbluenation.com, or check your local TV listings for more details on how to watch our pregame show in your hometown. After the game, we'll do it all again here with the Golden Blue Nation podcast. We will drop a new episode sometime Friday to give you our thoughts and reaction to what transpired there. So make sure you've subscribed to the podcast so that you can receive future episodes delivered directly to you. Deck, any final thoughts before we wrap this thing up? Just a very efficient day for West Virginia. You look at what they did, 8-for-8 in red zone opportunities, 5-for-5 on fourth down trips. I mean, really a very efficient day across the board for the Mountaineers and a much-needed win, obviously, as you said at the top. And maybe we did mention this in the first half of the show, but just want to make sure that I do put a bow on this. Ten drives for West Virginia. All ten of them resulted in points with nine touchdowns and one field goal to get to that 65-point tally. So definitely a very efficient day on all ends of the spectrum for West Virginia, with the exception of that one kickoff return. I think Coach Brown is a little bit upset with his kickoff kickoff defense unit there, but still a lot of time to get that cleaned up. All right, that's it for this edition of the Golden Blue Nation podcast, brought to you as always by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawFirm.com. More Mountaineer sports coverage at GoldenBlueNation.com and the free Golden Blue Nation app. And I guess we should say one last note, West Virginia did induct its new Hall of Fame class today. Stedman Bailey, Tavon Austin, Geno Smith, headline that class of new inductees. If you want to see speeches from Geno Smith and Stedman Bailey, you can check them out at our website, goldenbluenation.com. All right, for Ryan Decker, I'm Nick Farrell signing off on the Golden Blue Nation podcast. We'll talk to you next time.